Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Carr. Jim, how you doing, my friend? I am doing well. I'm caffeined up. It's early morning in January. We're here at DMDII. It feels good. Yeah, I feel like we're degrees home. outside. Yeah, I feel like we're at home. Did you notice? I, I talked to Caleb this morning when I walked in. They're really changing this place around. They're they're sexing it up a little bit more. The lobby's changed. They have a new iPad registration that you yeah, can I see. Yeah, I noticed that. There's a new Wea machine tool that hasn't been even unwrapped yet. I think I think I saw a bow on it. Yeah, they're doing work out in the east side of the wing here at DMDII. So I think there's good things coming here. Good. So it's it's good to see. It's exciting to see. So Jim, what are we talking about today? There's been a lot of talk lately about the stock market, the fluctuation of the Dow, the NASDAQ, and just overall sentiment on where the economy is going. And, you know, we did an episode on this way back in our infancy with regards to recession and recession planning. And yes. No one, very important. No one has a crystal ball. No one can predict when the recession is coming. But I think that there's some things that I've learned over the multi-decades I've been in this industry that I can share my experiences with the metalworking nation to help them go through that next recession as painless as possible. Yeah, I haven't even told you about this, but I'm actually celebrating. I thought you you told me everything. Well, no, I just haven't told you this yet. Okay. So I do tell you everything, though. But I'm celebrating, at least work-related, I'm celebrating 20 years starting at Zenger's on Saturday. I saw that. It came up on my LinkedIn today. Oh, it it did? Congratulate Jason Zenger's on 21 years. And I thought, 21? Is it 21? I started started in 1990, January of 1998. I graduated college in three and a half years. And I started in January of 1998. You're smart. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. three, Three and a half years? Well, I, gra- I graduated from college in two. And, and well, it's because you didn't go. <laughs> so, and, and to be quite honest with you, the only reason I graduated in three and a half years and not three was because I started in to get my professional engineering license and I decided not to go that direction. How did just that work out? Gen- well, I think it helps me in business, but obviously I'm not a professional chemical engineer. No. Uh, you know, so, so during the past 20 years, I've spent most of that career in the doldrums of the economy. I mean, I feel like manufacturing you have has, shared been, this with me. has yes. been horrible for most of my careers, except for this most recent period of time that we're in when things are really hot. And to be quite honest with you, the hotness of the economy is still difficult. Like recessions are difficult, so is a hot economy. I re- really wish that things would just stay very, very consistent because it's like during a hot economy, I'm dealing with cash flow issues and hiring issues and you know all that kind of stuff. During a recession, I kind of like it. I'm like a shark, I guess you would say. I look for blood in the water and when people are suffering, I can look for opportunities there and I've grown my business tremendously during recessionary periods, which we could talk about at some at some point in time. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today is I'm, I'm going to share my experience with the Metalworking Nation on what I've done to mitigate some of the pain of the recessions that I've been through over the last few decades. But before we get there, we like to talk about what's new in our business. and some positive kickoff, yeah. just like we start our meetings. That's Yes, you've taught me well, Jason Zanger. Yes, the positive kickoff. So 
what is new at Zangers, and then I have things to share with what's new at Car Machine and Tool. I guess the big thing that that I would share that's new, and I, I guess I feel good about sharing this right now, is that I'm going through negotiations with my dad to acquire the business. That's and a big deal. It's a big deal, and it's interesting because it's a business deal, and I want to treat my dad fairly. You do. But at the same time, I want to be treated fairly. So this is a different deal. It is a family deal that makes it different. I've made several acquisitions over the years. And I think what has me concerned, and I think this is good that we're talking about recessions right now, is that I don't want to make an acquisition and commit myself to a amount of money. Because when you're talking acquisitions, you're always talking money. And then have a recession happen tomorrow. And then be in panic mode because I've committed to my dad to buy the business for X number of dollars and sales drop off. So I need to mitigate my risk as best as I possibly can. And I need to be able to do what I do best, which is look at what the vision is for my company and see any kind of stumbling blocks that might come in the future and make sure that I prepare myself for those stumbling blocks as best I can. I, I could not agree with you more, and I've told this to you on a personal level that if you want any help and advice getting through that, because, well, and everyone's different, all all business succession plans are different, but I went through it too, and it was a painful process getting through. It took years yep. for us to get it done. Yep. What positive is going on? At, well, at, we just got another brand new CNC machine. I know, you're uh, on just fire two, with these new two, machines. Two days ago. Yeah, they dropped it on the floor. It was like, boom, we saw the machine come up down Jarvis Avenue. And then 45 minutes later, there it was, right on the floor. I've got the airdrop line came in. The electrician's right next door. He came over, plugged it in, and then they came that afternoon and did the setup on it. So we're ready to rock and roll. I've We've got, got a got bucket a, of Master Chemical coolant waiting to thank fill you. that thing up. Thank you. We need it. I got to respond to an email you sent me about that, but we do. Thank you. So And it's but, free. And you it like is free. free I you? love free. Free is free is always good. But there's a big rotary on it. We now we got to decide on what kind of trunnion table we want to we want to get in the size and capacity of that. What does trunnion mean? Can you spell it? T-R-U-N-N-I-O-N. Okay. Trunnion table. And what it is, it is hooked up to a rotary table. So you can make your setups on this trunnion table horizontally. And it articulates the workpiece so you can cut at any angle or do full 3 and 4D machining. Great. It's it's awesome. So I know you love big words, so that's why I wanted to I do, it. no. Manufacturing news. I got some I got some great stuff that has kind of left over from a few weeks ago. And it's from the US Manufacturing Technology Orders, a statistical program of AMT, our friends at AMT. And this was a news release they sent out on November twelfth, and it says the IMTS effect on manufacturing technology orders generates six hundred and eight million dollars in September. It goes on to say manufacturing technology orders posted in August and September yielded, sit down, the second largest two-month total in the program's history at $1.1 billion 
dollars. Wow. And how long have they been looking at that for? I don't know that. I imagine it's, it's been a long de- time. Many decades. It's been a, it's been a long time. But it says the September surge of six hundred nine million yields a fifty percent increase over September twenty seventeen, and a year to date twenty seven percent increase over the first nine months of twenty seventeen. After a record breaking August, the seventeen percent gain seen in September was larger than expected, and a testament to the industry's surge in increased capacity. Obviously, there's not a recession going on right now because people are buying machine tools and manufacturers buy machine tools when they're busy. Right, when they've got jobs to put them on. Right. I'm buying machine tools. I just hope this recession doesn't sneak up behind us and stab us in the back. But we're going to be talking about some tips and tricks to survive the next recession because it's it's looming, right? It's looming. And, and you know, what I'm hoping is that if I'm not hoping for a recession, although it's, it's going to happen eventually and it needs to happen, it's just part of the cyclical nature of the economy. But what I'm hoping is that if the U.S. economy or the world economy in mass does go through a recession, that it's less so for manufacturers because... Mm, you know, it could be that way. I think other it, industries I think might other industries might fall, but we might stay high. Yeah. It, who knows? Every recession is different. So let's let's get into the article. Let's officially start talking about this. Get into you mean? Let's, let's get in. Let's get into the episode and really start digging because I've got quite a few notes here on it. So as you know, and the metalworking nation that knows me over the last four years knows I've been in the manufacturing role for. Over 40 years. It's hard for me to believe. And I've lived through many recessionary times. Bull bear markets, none was worse than 2008. I mean, that was awful. It was the worst one ever. It was the deepest, the longest, and, and everything else. But I remember as a young man in manufacturing, every time we would start rolling into one, that ball in my stomach, it would just, my stomach would start to hurt. I'd feel sick. And because I'd see us working 55 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 45 hours a week, 40 hours a week, 32 hours a week, a layoff here, a layoff there, looking out in the shop, one job on the bench, ready to give to the next guy. We got three guys that are ready for their next job. You don't have work for them. It is the worst feeling in the world. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So the whole thing is, we're going to go through these recessions. We just need to... Go through them as best as we possibly can. Right. And just to make them as... Take away as much of the pain as possible. So some of the... What, t- what is your... You, you've always said that, like, preparation verse. What is that? How does Proper that preparation prevents poor performance. There you go. And That's, I think that goes for recessions, too. Yeah. So, again, you can only prepare so much. So what I've crafted here is my tips on preparing for the next recession. A, number one, keep your debt low, as low as you possibly can, because... When your sales drop, you're probably going to have to, your profits are going to drop, A, because the sales aren't going to be there, the profits are going to drop, and you're probably going to be quoting jobs with lower margins than you normally would, so the profitability on the jobs that you're keeping are going to be lower. And you don't want to cut your income in half or any of your other employees' income in half. So really, really important. And I I don't know what the threshold for keeping debt low is for anybody out there, but I would say keep it as low as you're comfortable with. Don't overspend. And that goes to 
typically buying machine tools and going into debt for machine tools because you have to pay those monthly right. payments. Right. Th- they are the biggest piece of capital equipment that we need to run our businesses, right? Yeah. I mean, for me as a- Inventory, uh, I would imagine. As a cutting tool distributor, it's inventory and receivables is the big thing. And of course, if a if you go into a recession, receivables go down and you should be able to collect that cash and pay down your debt. But I have to make sure that my inventory doesn't get out of control and I have all sellable inventory and I can turn it into cash. Well, the thing is when, when we're slow, we're not buying from you. Right. I know. So, that becomes a problem. And then you're probably going to reduce your margins because you're competing against your competition because everyone's going to the competition because I'm dropping my margins on my work to get the jobs. So I I need my tool supplier to be more competitive on his pricing. So I would imagine it just... Well, I, I don't know if that necessarily if that necessarily happens that way. I mean, during a recessionary period, do you cut your margins on jobs? Absolutely. Oh, you do? Okay. 100%. Okay. 100%. Because I'm competing against more people and the customers know that I mean, everybody's getting more desperate. Right. Absolutely. There's not as much fat built into right. okay. the profit margins when we're in a recession. Because so. during this time, you can afford to say, you can afford to quote high because you don't need every single job that comes through. Exactly. Exactly. And so not only does the volume go down, the, the profit goes right. down as the well. The profit falls off. The margins get lower right. in a recession. So it just, the next bullet is keep your customer base as diversified as possible because not all industries will fall off at the same time. This is another big one. And believe me, many small companies like Carr, like myself, have suffered this problem for decades. And, and the problem we have as small manufacturing companies is when times are good, when, when we're in a bull market, and we're making money and there's work is endless and you're making some good margins on your customer's job, that one customer keeps coming back and come back and come back. And it's hard to say no to one customer. So you don't have the opportunity to grow into other industries. We fell to this multiple times. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there are some industries that go counter to the economy. So I know one that comes to mind right away is the firearms industry. The firearms industry sometimes does go counter to a recessionary period. So if you do have that diversified customer base, not all of your customers are going to see a reduction in their volume. There might be some other industries, sometimes the government, military, aerospace sometimes doesn't get hit as hard by recessions because there's orders that are in-house that are planned out for many, many years. So it does help to, to keep your customer base diversified. I agree. And again, I don't know what that means for all the manufacturers across the country. But I'm what I'm trying to say is if you can or have an opportunity to diversify the industries that you're servicing, you're probably going to be better off and it's not going to be as painful going through the next recession. Yeah. And I remember colleagues that are in the Houston area, and I don't remember whether it was a recessionary period, but when the oil and gas industry really suffered, I mean, you're talking about companies that had to downsize by over 50%. And, you know, there's a lot of people that you and I know that that make like fracking boxes. They machine fracking boxes, which is, that's a very intense machining process. And a lot of these companies, you know, bought new buildings, bought new machine tools, all to make those fracking boxes. And sometimes when that recession period hits or that industry goes down, that causes problems. It does. 
those two things that I just mentioned are probably the single most important tips that I can offer to the manufacturing leaders out there. The next one is communicate to your team that the recession is looming, that these good times will not always be abundant, and not to overextend on a personal level as overtime is one of the first things a company cuts when sales lighten up. And your employees will appreciate that transparency because they don't want to buy that new house knowing that they could be in trouble in six months or something like or that. A car, or a car or, or anything. You know, doing a home equity line of credit to redo the basement right. or I don't know what that is for yeah. anybody else. Over-communicate. And, and I think it even at this point in time, it makes sense to go to your team and say, you know what, we've been in an outstanding economy for the last, what is it, like seven, eight years just be aware that there is a cyclical nature to the economy and this isn't going to last forever. It's not going to. And you know what's the easiest way to communicate to them about something like that happening? Just to say it outright, but also you could share this podcast episode. Send it to your team saying, right. hey guys, I listened to this episode of Making Chips and there's some good information here and these are things that we should be aware of because this could happen soon. You never know. It may not, but it may. Right. Communicate to your employees that the recession is looming. Things will change somehow. We don't know to what degree we're going to be impacted by it, but just don't overextend. Don't live beyond your means. The next thing I put down, because I think it's really important, is maintain your machinery and equipment. That's a good one. Yeah, because you're probably not going to be buying any new machines during the recession. So the machines that are on your shop floor are going to have to stay in tip-top shape to make you that money. And you certainly don't want to have to repair a machine tool that's been improperly maintained. So always have a good maintenance schedule of your machines. Write down, document your your maintenance of your machines. Pull the way covers off. Clean the ways. Clean the spindles. Clean the the coolant tanks. Put in the new coolant. Take the time. I I guarantee you that that time that you invest in maintaining your machine correctly is going to be really help you out during the recession because you're going to get a couple, three, four, five, maybe even 10 more years out of your machine tool. And it's going to be cutting to its optimum level as well. The tolerances are going to be there. My dad always said, if you don't, you have to take care of your car because if, if your car fails you, you're not going to be able to get to work. And if you can't get to work, you're not going to be making any money. Well, if you can't use a machine tool correctly, to the best of its ability, it's not going to be making money for you. And sometimes, you know, one of the things that I've noticed during some of those really bad recessionary periods is we do see a lot of our clients buying materials to maintain and fix their older machines so that they don't have to invest in new machines. And it also allows them to keep their team busy who they want to keep employed anyway. Right. I would do it now, though. Well, yeah, While you should times do it now. Good, I agree with you. I, agree I mean, we you. always are, we're always, we're not thinking about those types of things when times are good. But believe me, what I've seen is you have the time and the money to do it now to, to maintain the equipment. Don't let that slide because when money is tight, you're not going to want to, A, buy a new machine for sure, and you're certainly not going to want to repair a machine tool that's down. Absolutely. The next bullet point I have is have a savings account. Right now, times are good. 
take a little bit of that money. I, I know you. one of our goals with making chips is what is that? We want to operate the company according to the principles profit. of profit first. Yes, that's a great principle. I think about back in the 70s when I used to play Monopoly as a, as a kid, I was always really good at that. And I would always, you know, I'd win the jackpot in the middle and I'd take 500 bucks and I'd throw it under the cardboard thing. And when I landed on your hotel with rent, right, you know, oh my God, I'm bust. And, yeah, but you I have, have a savings account yeah. to pay you. I'm not going to go bankrupt and lose the game. And again, how much to have in there? I don't know. Whatever you're comfortable with. But I would say put some to the side, get it out of sight, out of mind. And when you really need to rely on that extra money because of the lack of sales at the lower margins during the recession, you have that to fall back on in case of an emergency. That's a great point. And one of the things that I that really is embedded in my mind as far as recessions go is going back to that 2008 period when things were really bad. I do remember that as everybody was downsizing and, and, and stuff like that, my dad made the decision that because he had always worked at putting that savings together, he gave up his paycheck for a year and a half. Wow. And that That's really admirable. helped. That is really yeah, admirable. That really helped the company. And I give him all the credit in the world to make that sacrifice. So think about that as you're buying the business from your dad. I know. Think That's about the thing that as you're I buying know, the business. I know. From, I know. And I'm not on your side and I'm not on your dad's side, but think about that. I know. Think about what he went through. And oh, think I agree. About the, I agree. The but suffering. The, to be quite honest, my dad's always been smart about his saving and his investing and everything like that. He didn't suffer per se, but he made some sacrifices. So my dad's had the good fortune, probably kind of like all of us, especially here in America, is you know he didn't have to suffer too much, but he was willing to make a sacrifice that not many people were willing to make. I took a pay cut during that period of time as well. I mean, yeah, I have had to. You know? Well, you do. When you're the owner of the company, you do. Yeah. Your income is based on the profits of the company, right? Right. Yeah. That, that's how we run our businesses. The last bullet point I have is be prudent on how you spend your money. Determine all the things that you can cut out of your business and personal life now. Now. Should you be squeezed to? So think about that. I know you love expensive wine, Jason, and you know you can't That's drink. You, you can't drink fifty dollars bottles of wine on a Wednesday night anymore. You're going to have to start. You know, two buck chuck. You're going to have to. Well, I wouldn't go that far. But think about Giving how you're wine? going. Think about sacrificing. Could you give up wine, Jim? I could not give up wine. No. Never. No, I could Never not ever. give it up. I would. I would drink two buck chuck. Would you? Would you I'm die? not an alcoholic, but there's a lot of other things I would give up before wine. But anyway, so, so think about the things right nowadays. I actually think okay. about really think about. I think cars are a big thing. I think. I'm not a big car lover spender. It never has been one of my passions. But I know I've talked to my accountant years ago. And he would tell me horror stories of these business owners that have these huge lease agreements that are like astronomical. I I don't know. To me, it doesn't mean that much. But think about, do you really need to, to have that? super expensive car. I have two thoughts and two stories as it relates to this. So just recently, my wife who is in business with me, I just had this discussion with her. I said, you know, on a personal level, I want to sit down and put a budget together for us personally so that we can minimize our income as much as possible so that if something like this happens, we're, we're able to pay down debt quicker and not have to spend personally and not have to take that money out of the business. So that's one. And, and I know, hope you're saving for your kid's college because you've got yeah, four no, no, kids. Every month, every month. Yeah, we, we set money aside every single month for all of them. And we tell the grandparents, hey, kids don't need toys. 
write them a check for their college savings account. I'm also hoping as a side note that one of my kids decides, hey dad, instead of spending that money on college, how about we buy a CNC machine tool and put it in the garage? Hey, I don't need any more competition. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) Well, anyway, second story, I do remember my dad really told me about this constantly when we were going through the recessions. He told me about a big client of his who they were just going gangbusters. They were doing well. They were killing it. They were they were growing the company and they bought a huge building. He called it like the Taj Mahal of manufacturing. It's probably somebody that you knew. I remember, were they in the Chicagoland area? Of course. Yeah. I'm and sure and I, I remember uh, he told me that the owner even built a statue of himself out in front of the building. And when times got tough, Guess who went out of business? Yeah. I heard about... Oh, I have another client who... The helicopter? No, 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 no. No, this was a client who he never could pay his bills on time, but yet he always was able to go on exotic safari hunting trips to Africa and Asia and stuff like that. He had like the most exotic stuffed animals. It had to have cost him $30,000 to go on these hunting trips. And guess who went out of business during the recession? I know it's scary, man, but you just got you got to be prudent. That's the one word that resonates with me is just be prudent and think about it now. What can I cut out when I have to cut out? Because if you think about it now, yes, it's going to be less painful when it actually has to happen. Mm-hmm. So I like nice things. You like nice things. We Everyone has their level of things that they like. Just be prepared to squeeze those down when the recession hits. But anyway, you didn't say you liked my beard or not. You're looking quite beardy today. Yeah. I don't know how you made the transition from recession to, to beards, but, I know. You, know, well, but you did. I feel yeah. You're also scrubby. looking awfully gray. I know. My so wife I, I, have, I have a couple comments about the recession too. I mentioned this a little bit in the beginning, but I have one tip as well, which is- You have a tip? I have a tip. Oh yeah. my God. Which is look for opportunities during recessions. This is a good tip. There, You've told me about always, this. And and I hate to say it as blood in the water, but it's a great analogy because when people are suffering, not only could it become an opportunity for you, but it also could become an opportunity for them. So if there's another competitor out there who's not doing as well, it could be an opportunity for you to buy them and exceed the business and also take them on as a valued part of your team because sometimes people do get caught into a situation like that where they're suffering. They may not have made the best business decision, but they may be great people. They may be smart. They may be good for your team. And I've brought on some really great opportunities in my business because I I saw those opportunities during a recessionary period. So mm-hmm. look for that as well. No, it's a great. That's a great idea. I never have thought of that. I'm always in the corner. It's not being easy. prudent. I'm not thinking about spending. You're not thinking of acquisitions. I'm not I thinking about acquisitions, but. You have definitely enlightened me in in that capacity to think a little bit more outside of my box, which I tend to come in. And as you get older, man, you t- you tend to be a little bit more conservative, Cautious. conservative yep. on the decisions you make. So, anyway, I hope that I, we, Jason, have equipped and inspired you just a little bit more to be cognizant of that looming recession. Because let me tell you, it's coming. I have no idea when the hell it's going to get here, but believe me, it's going to get here. I have no idea how painful it's going to be. It could be a nice light one. But there'll be some pain. There'll be a little bit of pain. I guarantee it'll be a little pain. If you, I guarantee, though, if you take 
any one of these tips that we have just highlighted for you, you're not going to have to take three, et cetera, and maybe two will do the trick to get you through the day. If you have enjoyed this episode, you have learned something. The one thing that you could do that would be really helpful for for Jim and I and the Making Chips team would be if you go to iTunes and rate and review and give us a five-star review. The reason that we ask for that is because it helps us to get the word out about making chips. And if you have bad things to say, don't go to iTunes and rate and review. <laughs> Just email us at info at making chips and tell us what you would like to see improve and we'll improve there. But if you have great things to say, make a comment on iTunes, give us five stars. It makes Jim feel really good. I do. I smile big when I see those. So Jim, even during a recession, what does the metalworking nation want to focus on? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com. I did go to a Catholic uh, grammar school, so, and you know, they were, they those nuns were really good. Those nuns were really good about it. The nuns uh, taught, you, yeah. taught you articulate? They did. They did. So.